Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity podcast. It's always exciting for me to know that you want to hear these topics. And tonight's topic is absolutely no exception. We're going to be talking about how to clear your thinking to co-parent successfully with a narcissistic hijackal. So if you're even thinking of getting a divorce or separating from your partner, these are good things to understand. If you have separated and you are in the co-parenting realm, then you want some new hints and tips because it gets difficult. I know it really gets difficult. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And... you know where to find me at for relationship help. But if you're new to the podcast, you can find the podcast at SaveYourSanityPodcast.com. And if you have found value in the podcast and you'd like to support it, you can go to Patreon.com slash SaveYourSanity and pledge a little money each month to make sure that this all keeps working for everybody. So, patreon.com slash save your sanity. So let's talk about this very important topic, how to clear your thinking to co-parent with a narcissistic hijackal. Now you've already had experience of this person. It didn't go well. It wasn't easy. They didn't want to hear from you. Your input was not required. Maybe you were worn down, torn down, put down, and eventually got too tired to continue doing that, and you decided or in the, are in the process of deciding to leave. What would it be like? How will you manage? You know, one of the big conversations about deciding to leave is if you have children, how do you calibrate that? How do you know what's in the best interest of the children? How do you manage that? How do you decide? You know, people ask me that all the time. And I say, well, every situation is different because the children are different ages. You have a different financial situation. You have a different living situation. You have school considerations or medical considerations. The length of time you've been married, the situation with grandparents. How are your finances Are they shared? So many questions about whether or not you're going to make the decision to leave a hijackal. And then if you decide to leave a hijackal, you have to then consider what will the co-parenting situation look like, feel like, be like? How frustrating will it be? Because you know for sure there's going to be some frustration. And how do you prepare yourself for that? How do you prepare yourself to not be knocked off your pins every 
10 seconds by a hijackal who is still wanting control over you and your life and the children. And that's what actually happens when you actually leave (laughs) because now you don't know what's going on. And, you know, another big consideration for leaving a hijackal is when you're there, even if you are suffering, and it's never a good idea to let the children see you suffer, but if you are suffering, you are at least hearing everything that's going on. You hear what the hijackal and the children get up to, and you can monitor and ameliorate that. But once you divorce and you have two separate dwellings, when they're with the hijackal, you have no idea what they're talking about or what they're doing or not doing. And you don't want to get to interrogating your kids. So there's a whole lot of presumption, assumption that you have to be very wary of. And then there's a lot of fallout too. So I wanted to give you some ideas about how to co-parent successfully as successfully as you can with a hijackal, because of course, they're just out there wanting control. They want to run things. They want to run you down. Um, and it's, it's a difficulty. Now, number one rule, no matter what, no matter what we're talking about in the hijackal realm, the number one rule is don't poke the hijackal. It never goes well. You know that, right? It never goes well. If you accuse the hijackal, if you blame the hijackal, if you come close to accusing or blaming the hijackal, if they could infer that you are blaming them, there's going to be a problem. And you know what that problem is because it's going to come slinging back around and be your fault. Everything that you just suggested you'd like them to change will be just who you are and how you do things, right? Because that is all they have. They can't take responsibility for anything. They're never responsible or accountable for what they do or say or don't do or don't say. It'll all fall in your lap. You already know that. That's one of the considerations that you had in making the decision to leave. So don't poke the hijackal. Don't find fault. Don't be emotional with them. Don't trigger them. You know them well enough. You know that person well enough. You know what the triggers are. You know what upsets them. You know what validates them. And you know everything in between. So don't poke the hijackal. There is no percentage in it for anybody, including the children. And that becomes a cardinal rule. You just simply can't poke the hijackal. Now, if you're thinking about leaving or you have left or in the process of divorce, this is a really, really big consideration that I'm going to give you. You want the most minutely detailed, specific agreement that you can possibly get. You're going through a legal process. Make sure that the agreement is as clear as it can possibly be. Attorneys have this way of keeping you in court, some of them, and that is that they will maybe not realize the depths that hijackals will go to, and they will write language in your divorce agreement that says, well, the parents will work it out between them, or the the 
children will have every other Christmas with their mother. That's not specific. That is very general language to a hijackal. You want to be so detailed that you have, you know, starting in 2020, the mother will have the children for Christmas from 6.12 p.m. on Christmas Eve to 2.14 on Christmas Day. And the father will have the same hours exactly every other year. Very specific, very, very detailed, factual, and something that can be measured. This is very important. You want to make sure that you have things you've considered in that uh, divorce, if you haven't already got one, things that, that have some latitude. You know, if you have legal custody of your child, not just physical custody, but legal custody, or you share legal custody, then all decisions for the child, if you share that custody, have to be made together. Medical, spiritual, religious, um, schools, sports, everything, you have to talk about it and, and come to an agreement. And some things you don't, of course, but the big ones you do. So you want that written in your agreement. You don't want it left to chance. You don't want it for people to wonder. So you need this super, super clear, specific agreement. And I know at that time you're exhausted and you're running out of time, energy, and maybe even money. But that agreement is going to be the saving grace for you when things begin to go sideways, which they usually do. Because remember, the hijackal has felt he, that he or she had control in the situation. And all of a sudden, that control is being hindered. Now, they have ultimate control, having the children all to themselves at their own house. So they got that back. But you have gone beyond their reach. They're not happy with that. They don't have control of you anymore. So they try to do it from afar. And they try to do it through the court. And they try to do it through the children. And all of that is damaging and difficult. So that's why we need this very, very specific agreement. Absolutely key. Hammer it out. Take as long as you need. Get what you need. Don't give in. I know you get tired and you want to give in and finally you just think, oh, well, maybe it'll turn out differently later. No, start well. And notice if there's any things that are put into the agreement. Usually you'll find that they will there were write in, you know, whether or not the child can be taken on a vacation and with how much written notice to the other parent. Um, can the child be taken to live out of state? What will that mean? All those kinds of things. You're not going to be able to legisl legislate how the other parent interacts with the child. But all of these things that you put into your agreement will make your co-parenting much easier. And why is that? Well, it's measurable, as I said earlier. It's factual and it's measurable. So when you're writing the child custody agreement and you're putting in the times that the, each parent will have the children you want to be so specific as it says you know the mother picks up the child from this time 
from school at this time and returns the child, you know, in that language. But you want to know where the children are being picked up, have it be very specific, and then have a little wiggle room built in that there is only a 15-minute window of wiggle room so that that's written in there too. Because you know what hijackles are like. They're going to push the envelope. So if you're supposed to have the child at 6.15, they will come by at 6.15 and a half, 6.16, and they will just bother you in that way, right? So you need to have these things as clearly defined as possible. And that's because you're going to want to, and yes, you still have to do this, document everything. Document the facts, things about time, things that refer to those very specific agreements. Notice how many times it happens. Notice the lateness. You know, just because someone's only five minutes outside the wiggle room, if they do it every time, they're not likely just making a unwitting error. You know hijackles do what they do on purpose. If it can rattle your cage and upset you and put you on edge, they're happy to do that. Hijackles have no problem poking you. Just don't poke them back. It doesn't go well for anybody. But in this documentation, you want to be writing down. Now, here's something that you definitely want to be writing down, and that is if you've been asked by the other party to change your time with the children, you know, usually the hijacker will begin to have a social life much earlier than you will. And they will now want to go off for a weekend and say, but it's your kid, your weekend to have the children. And they say, well, can we swap? Can we do this? I want to do that, you know, because it's going to be all about them.com. We know that, right? So they want to swap. Here's why that agreement has to be ironclad. You want to have the children as often as you can. And you take them when the other party does not wish to have them, but you don't swap time. And this is where you have to document, because to co-parent well with them, you have to be crystal clear at all times. Nothing is wishy-washy or moving. So you need to be very clear that if they want you to take the children when it's their time, you're happy to do that without an exchange. Now, I know you want to be the good person. You want to go the extra mile. You want to appear to be affable and friendly and amicable. It doesn't work well with hijackles. Because it'll be no time at all where they'll be taking the kids on a whim and saying, well, you owe me that weekend. And that that's going to go sideways fast. And it's going to go downhill. It's going to look bad at court. It's not going to be good because it doesn't look consistent. So to co-parent and have a hope of co-parenting with the least amount of trouble, you need to document all of these things. So be clear what I said. If the hijackal asks you to take the kids on their time, you say yes, but it's not an exchange. I will have the kids on your time, and I'll have them on mine. And you document every time you're asked. Why? 
because the next time you go back to court and they are making allegations about them being the better parent or whatever they're making allegations about or wanting, you want to have clear documentation that says, look, of the 25 times that he or she could have had the children, they only chose to have them 12. I would now like to have the custody agreement reflect that, that now those 12 come back and to be my time and I would like to have an amendment. Then these things become important. You know, yes, I'm going to talk about how to talk to the hijackal and what to do with things in the co-parenting, but I want these basic things to be out there too, that you have constructed the agreement well, know what to do with this very, very specific, carefully constructed agreement when the hijackal wants to change things. You're friendly to change as long as they're not asking you to give up any of your time. And I know. I know it's tempting because you're a good person. Just don't do it, okay? Just don't do it. Right from the start. And if you have been doing it and there's been lots of wiggle room in, that's part of the problem. So you need to start saying, you know, I find this isn't working for me. We just need to stick to the agreement. And that's what I want to do going forward. Because you will always get support for that when you go to court. So at any time you can perk up and say, no, I think we've we've strayed away from the agreement and I'm finding that it is too confusing for the children. Let's just go back to it. So a very important piece there. You you want to make it safe for the children to talk. Now we're going to get into some of the more nitty gritty pieces of co-parenting. When you get the children back, don't interrogate them. I know you know that, but I need to say that. Don't interrogate them. Have some low-energy activities. Many times when children have been with a hijackal parent and they're returning to their non-hijackal parent, they're already at an elevated emotional state. They may be very happy. They may be excited. They may have had tons of sugar. They may be depressed. They may be sad. They may be afraid. They may be all kinds of things. But mostly what they won't be is just happy-go-lucky and in a, in a great space because they've had conflict. They have had questions. They may have chaos or confusion. So when you get your children back, plan a low-energy activity so that the children will begin to rely on that. I had one mom who had two children. I think the children at that time were 10 and 5, And so the strategy that we developed was she would pick the children up and she would have these special backpacks in the car and they had snacks and drinks and coloring books and toys and things. And they would have this, what I call transition time. What they decided to do was the the backpacks would be ready. They'd go to the park. Now, of course, I live in sunny San Diego. So, so did she, so she could count on the weather go to the park, find a bench, they'd have a snack, they'd reconnect, the kids could run around, let off steam, they could color, they could do whatever they needed to do. It was just very low-key. Oh, how the children improved. The children would debrief themselves. Mom was there to hear them talk, but she didn't interrogate them, you know, What was most exciting about your time away? 
how are you feeling? You know, general questions, but no digging down questions, trying to find out what happened at the other parent's house. And when you do this for your children, when you make it low key, low energy transition time, the children like that. You may think that activity, 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 activity distracting the children you know we're going from here to there i'm picking up after school and we're going to dance lessons we're doing all of this not so great for children who have a hijackal parent not so great the kids need this downtime they need time to integrate what's happened to them and their feelings and they can do a lot of that on their own but if you're just available and present with them and maybe you're reading your book and you're coloring and having your snack they will begin to talk about what they feel safe to talk about. This will help the co-parenting. If you interrogate the children, they will feel that they have to protect you. And that's not fair. It's not fair to set kids up to be inappropriate for their age, to be taking care of adults. So you have to do that for yourself. And in doing that and creating a, a space for the kids, making it easy, never send the children off to be with the hijackal partner in a state of anxiety. Make sure that they have their things that they're going to take packed at least an hour beforehand. No pressure, no rush, no anxiety pulling up to the moment of exchange. Very important in the co-parenting. Because if you take children who are on edge, who were already on edge preparing to go, and then you don't do your bit in reducing their stress before they go, that's not the best way to send them off. Now, yeah, you may have some stress. You may be concerned, like, oh, what's going to happen when I send them? Will, will it be all right? What's going to happen at the exchange? Try to stay chill. Don't telegraph that to the children. Have the children be ready to go. Have them be prepared long before. Don't send them when they're tired or hungry or, or in, in a, <clears throat> a tailspin about things. Do your best to get them in the best possible space before you send them. And then on the other end, do the best to have that low-key, low-energy activity when they come home to you. Now, further about the co-parenting and how you converse with the kids. If a child has anxiety about something, they, they want to tell you something, and they're concerned that they shouldn't, leave that conversation up to the child. Say, well, you know, you're perfectly safe to tell me, and if I'm not supposed to tell, you tell me that. But when you're ready, and if you're ready, Never pry into these situations. Never make the child feel enough to choose to keep information from you to or to give you information that they don't feel comfortable. Children of hijackals who, and separated parents, one of which is a hijackal, already have enough stress. So it's very important for you to be keeping them from further stress. So don't, don't be uh, entering into any conversations. One of the temptations is, and I, I know that this plays out because I have clients all over the world, and 
you know, if at any time you want to talk to me, you know how to do that, I'm sure, because you've been here before, but you just go to beaclient.com. And I have a one-hour session there for only $97 for new clients so that we can we can get to know each other and, and uh, find out what we can solve together. <clears throat> but in this documenting, well, you might want to also keep some notes as to how to, how what was the mood when the kids came back? What was going on? What did they say? Not because you're going to use that in court particularly, although you might, but because you want to have a journal of what's going on so that you can see the ups and downs. You can know how to prepare for which of the children is going to be feeling which way when they come back. And it helps you in your parenting for sure. So being that parent who doesn't doesn't encourage the children to think outside their age range, that they don't come back thinking they have to protect an adult, that they don't come back having to carry secrets that they're afraid to tell. These are things that are important, but also not to be prying because there are certain things that they want to protect you from and they don't want to talk about it. They don't like it either. But if you allow downtime and you allow some time to be physically close with them, it'll come out. It'll come out. And that's very important to the co-parenting process. Now, your part in all of this, of course, is to model very, very healthy behavior. That means that you don't talk poorly about your ex. You don't make remarks about the ex. Those children have half his DNA or her DNA, and they, they don't want to hear bad things about the other parent. So it becomes very important for you to be a model of healthy behavior. And I know it's so hard because you have to you have to take care of so many things in this situation. But be that model of healthy behavior. And if you need someone to talk to, get a therapist who is very well versed. You know, so many of my clients say to me, I can't believe I finally found somebody who gets it. That's the words they use so frequently. Make sure you find the therapist who's going to help you, who understands the whole events that make up a relationship with a hijackal, with a person who has narcissistic or toxic tendencies. Make sure they understand it, not just from a textbook point of view, but they specialize in that to help you. So when you go to talk to them, you can shortcut your journey because they already understand. They understand from, you don't have to tell them very much, they get it. But be very careful to keep those adult conversations separate from any conversation in the hearing of the children. Very important. And help the children get good communication skills with the hijackal. You know, the the thing about kids is they 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 want to be able to talk, but they don't want to have to be afraid to talk. So you have to encourage them and empower them to say, you're allowed to say how you feel. And we don't do blame, but you're allowed to say how you feel. If you're uncomfortable, say you're uncomfortable. If you're unhappy, say you're unhappy. You're allowed to do that. Make sure that you give children permission to be honest. 
and that their job is not to take care of the adults. You you affirm for them that you'll take care of the adult stuff. You know, if daddy sends a message, I mean, hijackles, I'll use a male hijackle for an example. In general, hijackles see their kids as pawns, messengers, and weapons of divorce war. So they will say things and say, well, you should talk to your mother about that. I mean, it works the same way. And there are women who are hijackles and they do the same thing. Um, So it's very important to have the children understand that they could say, I would be uncomfortable telling mommy that, or I would be uncomfortable saying that to daddy and make that okay in your home and make it okay across the board for the children to understand that they have that right, that they are not coerced to say things or have feelings or squelch feelings that they need to be able to live out loud too in a respectful way. You know, when I wrote the book Kaizen for Couples, the personal weather report in there, chapter six and seven, chapter six, how to create one, chapter seven, how to respond to one. It works at all levels. Just because it's a book for couples doesn't mean that that particular strategy will not work perfectly well across the board with every human and improve your relationship. Kaizen for Couples, it's available at Amazon, also available at kaizenforcouples.com. But you want to give the children skills. And if you don't have them, or maybe you're just too upset to be demonstrating them well, learn some, get some help to learn some. Because then as you maybe learn to give a personal weather report and you teach the children how to use the personal weather report and you teach them how to respond to it, it's empowering. It is very empowering and it is appropriate at all levels of all ages. So very important stuff. So the big thing, and I could talk forever about co-parenting, and I've just looked to bring on a guest about co-parenting who happens to be an expert in that field. So we'll do something about that really soon too. But here's the big thing. You have to write this on the inside of your forehead and keep it there forever because at moments when you're tense, at moments when you're disgusted, at moments when you're terrified, at moments when you're uncertain, you want to constantly be seeing in your mind's eye the best interest of the kids, the best interest of the kids, the best interest of the kids. What is the best thing to do? What is the best thing to demonstrate? What is the best thing to say? And keep the best interests of the children front and center. And if that means that occasionally you get scars on your tongue because for the best interests of the children, you do not give voice to those words you wanted to, you do that. So there are so many things that we could talk about further about this. But I just wanted to give you a few insights about co-parenting, let you try those out. See if you have any questions. You can always uh, find me. You can go to forrelationshiphelp.com. You can find ways to talk to me. You can go to my Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash relationshiphelpdoctor. You can communicate with me through there. Lots of ways to do that or become a member of my relationship help circles. So many things for you. And so I want to 
invite you to really inhabit the things that I've talked about. Check to see if your agreements are that way. See if you can tweak a few things that will get you on the way to having a healthier co-parenting relationship that doesn't keep you completely in a knot and someone dancing on your last nerve. I hope you find these things helpful. I hope you'll come back and subscribe to the podcast so that you will know immediately when a new episode airs. There are two a week, so I hope you will do that. And until we speak again, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon. 